0: Welcome to Mental Wealth Entrepreneurs Podcast, a podcast for resilient entrepreneurs. My guest today is Henriette Danielle a strategic business coach and speaker working with professional female entrepreneurs to help them attract more clients by enhancing their online visibility. Like many other entrepreneurs, Henriette has had her fair share of challenges, but her perseverance and commitment has given her the resilience to carry on and develop a thriving business. So let's have a listen how she did it. Okay. Hi, Henriette. Hello,
1: hi. (laughs) Hello, great to see you and to have you on the show. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me here. I'm really excited to be here and to share some of the things that you want me to share with your audience in order to inspire them and motivate them as well on their journeys.
0: Yeah, I guess the first question I want to ask is how did you become a
1: business strategy coach? Oh gosh. Okay. So it started when I was working in corporate. I was about 11 and a half years in the interior design industry, almost 15 years actually. But for one particular company, I was working for them for 11 and a half years here in London, in the UK. Very fortunate, worked for an amazing company, loved my job. Um, And apart apart from just being in the interior design industry, I did a lot of project management. Um, I traveled a lot. You know, I walked in some of the most luxurious yachts. I've seen some of the most amazing, mansions that you can ever imagine. Um, And those were just kind of the things that I absolutely loved about my job. However, with that, I kind of hit a ceiling where I felt that I wasn't really going any further and I wasn't quite developing in the the way I wanted to develop on a personal level as well. And since the age age of 13, I knew that I wanted to be an entrepreneur But obviously with being in corporate, life got comfortable, you just settle for what you have. But then when I kind of hit that ceiling, I was like, oh yeah, yeah, maybe I should try becoming an entrepreneur and just seeing what it's like. So I worked um, on my business while working full time and I started it. My skill that I had that I knew was I was very good at teaching, um, but also because I knew that I had a very good strength where I could take things that are complicated dissect it put it back together in a way that is so easy to understand but also to implement and that's where the strategic business coach from now it started first with I knew I wanted to be a coach didn't know what kind of coach because there are so many and then it kind of led to business coaching and then with the strategies and what you can do that's where I just you know everything took flame from then I was just so on fire and the energy was then I knew this is where I wanted to go And when that kind of took shape while I was working full-time, I realized that this is definitely where I wanted to go. Everything in my gut told me that this is the direction. And that's where I decided to hand in my notice and go full-time into my own business. And it was so scary to do, as I'm sure for those who've already taken that leap as well, you know. But what I did is in order to make up my mind, to make sure that I don't go back and decide, oh, no, 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 I'm not going to do this. I made a list of all the all the pros of starting my own business. And I made a list of all the cons of leaving the full-time job. And the pros far outweighed all the cons of leaving my full-time job. And it was at that moment where I was like, this is what I needed. I needed this evidence in order to make that decision. And that's it. And three and a half years later, here I am in my full-time business and I'm loving every minute of it.
0: Right. Oh gosh. Uh, That's the problem with uh, a lot of people when they get comfortable in a corporate job. How do you make this change? How do you, I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot of unknown, isn't it? How do you talk with uncertainty? Because you just think, oh, oh my God, what if it does, doesn't work out? Or Yeah.
1: What was going through your mind at that point in time? Well, um, one thing looking back now, obviously, because you know, hindsight is a brilliant yeah. thing. But looking back now, one thing I always say is when you sign up for entrepreneurship, you actually sign up for a lot of self-development. And yes, it's great to have a business and to run a business and to make money from it. But the one thing that people don't really emphasize is the fact that when you go into business, you actually go through a lot of self-development and it's up to you in order to decide how much self-development you want to go through. So I started with, you know, doing a strength finder test, just kind of figuring out what other skills and and strengths I have. Um, And then when I was into my full-time business, oh my gosh, I made so many mistakes, and those were good mistakes because, you know, I always say there are no such thing as mistakes, they're only lessons. And there were points where I just cried and I said to my husband, nothing is happening. I, I, I'm just not getting the clients that I want or I'm just not making the money that I need. And then I was like, you know, hands in my my head in my hands thinking, okay, I've got to go back. I've got to go find another job. I wasn't going to plan and go back to my same job because, you know, that felt like a step backwards. Mm-hmm. Um And my husband just kept on saying, no, he's like, no, you're not going to find a job. You are going to make this work. You are so passionate about what you're doing and bless him. He is so supportive and he kept on pushing me as well. And with that, you know, went through all the hurdles and I decided one year on after I started my business, I was like, never going back to find a job. I've put so much effort into what I'm doing. And finally, after my first year, I could see the results. I could see things coming back. But it had to do a lot with the personal development that I had gone through and I needed to have gone through in that first year in order to set my mind as to where I'm going, but also change so many of my beliefs. Because coming from a corporate world, you do have certain beliefs and you have to change those beliefs now that you're working for yourself. So that was a big lesson and that is definitely something that I think anybody should learn and take on board.
0: Yeah. So strategy is, is, is interesting that you're focusing on strategy because a lot of business owners, they, they kind of, they start doing a lot of tactical stuff with their business. They, they run Facebook ads, they do this, they do that, they're posting stuff without a real strategy behind it. What is the importance to think strategically um, when you run your own business?
1: Yeah, I'm, Throughout the years of working as a strategic business coach, and oh my gosh, um, let's face it, the shiny object syndrome, it is happening everywhere. Hands up, I've been there. I have gone and just, you know, grabbed a strategy here, try it out, grabbed a strategy there, try it out, Grab something here, try it out. Oh, somebody's saying here's a new platform to try, try this out. At the end, you're just so overwhelmed because you're trying so many things and you're starting something and you're dropping it and you're starting something and you're dropping it. And that made me realize, like, listen, there's just way too many strategies and everybody's pitching and saying their strategy is the best. So I really did some research and some homework. And after talking to my audience and so many of my clients, I came to narrow down and realize that there are actually really just four strategies in business. And these are the four strategies that you need to make a success. So the first strategy is really your visibility strategy. So visibility is all about how you showing up, not just online, physically as well. But let's talk about online business because that's majority of the time what women would do or what, uh, what you know entrepreneurs would do. So showing up online, the first entity people would think, oh, Facebook, you know, Instagram, great social media is a great place to show to show up and be visible. Yes, but what about your website? What are you doing about your website to be visible? What are you doing about getting featured on other podcasts, online magazines, other shows? How are you showing up? Are you showing up consistently in order for people to start taking note of you? Public speaking. That's like the top of the pyramid when it comes to public speaking. How much public speaking are you doing? Now, obviously, when the fog has lifted, you can go back to doing that. And it is not difficult. It is just about the confidence. Now, I always talk about the three Cs, clarity, commitment, and uh, uh, consistency, And once you have those three C's in place, your visibility strategy will work for you, but you have to see it through and you have to choose just only one area or two areas at the most. We're going to show up consistently. Don't try all of them because that's where overwhelm comes from. The second strategy is obviously your attraction strategy. So that's where your content comes in play. So whether you've got a blog, a podcast, a YouTube channel, whatever you have in regards to content that you're putting out there in order to attract those ideal clients or customers to you, that's what you've got to concentrate on. And again, the three C's come in play there. Clarity, commitment, and consistency. You have to be consistent with the content in order for people to take note and attract them to you. The third strategy, your relationship. So this relationship is with your potential customers, clients, or even with your existing audience. And that comes down to communication. How are you communicating with those people in order for them to really get to know who you are and to realize like, hey, this girl knows what she's talking about. I wonder what else she can do. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's where you really start. But by having that kind of communication with people, that's where selling becomes so much easier. that leads you then to your fourth and your final strategy, which is the transformation strategy. That is basically the service or the product that you're offering your potential customer or client in order to take them from where they are to where they want to be. And that is actually one of the most important strategies, because if you can really solve somebody's problem or really help them, they're going to go like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. You've honestly helped me. What else do you have to offer? What else can you help me with? So you get those recurring clients coming back to you. Or you'll get them going like, you know what? Susie over there, she had exact same problem as me. I'm going to tell Susie to come to you and work with you. Hey, great. You get referrals. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, you also get amazing reviews which then goes back and enhances your visibility strategy. So if you almost look at it as a circle, they kind of walk hand in hand. You start with your visibility, that leads on to your traction with your content, leads on to the relationship you're building with your audience. That comes back to the transformation, which is the product or service you're offering, and that enhances back your visibility strategy again. So it's kind of like a loop almost. And I say that if you only have these four strategies available and within one of those strategies, choose one entity or two at the most, not to overwhelm yourself, but then to work on that, get clarity on each and every one of them, commit to them and be consistent. You will see the results. And I promise you, you will knock that ball out of the town. It will be amazing if you just stick to it. Yeah, so every
0: week, uh, how, how do you work? with your clients every week you give them some set of tasks and then you check whether they've achieved something or not oh and i
1: love I to challenge them. my clients
0: I <laughs> do you make them actually do because you have three parts uh, uh, in your program it's strategy um, mindset, strategy, and action, right? So absolutely. absolutely actually take actions?
1: Yes. So it, it, I call those the three elements of success. So basically, if you think about it, look, think about this big door. You've got this big door in front of you. and the other side of that door is all your dreams, your goals, your biggest desires, that dream business you want, all the clients, anything you want is behind that door. And you just need the three things. You need a key, you need to open up the lock, I need to open up the door. Now, the key really pre- represents the mindset. And this is where people go like, okay, so where do I find my mindset? How do I change my mindset? How do I do this? Well, basically, you don't need to search for that key. You can create that key from scratch. And that's why I saying that first year of going through that self-development really has helped me. And I, and I thoroughly believe that it's not the end everybody still is on a journey where they develop their mindset on a continuous basis. And you have to allow yourself to to still, you know, create that key and finesse that key. The second uh, second element is obviously the strategies. Now, if you look at a lock inside a door, a locking mechanism has got little pins inside. And once the key lines up with those little pins Mm -hmm. and turns, all the keys line up and the lock is open. So every one of those pens really represent the four strategies that I've just spoken about. And then once that lock is open, you can open up the door and you can walk through it. And that way, that's where the action comes in. But this is where I see people sometimes stand in front of their door and they are so scared because what if everything happens at once? What if, you know, everything just goes and everything is happening and my business is growing too quickly, you know, I might not be able to cope with it. This is where the fear of success comes in. Mm. Or even the opposite of that could be true, where people go, well, what if I open up that door and there's nothing, these dreams and all these things I thought about, mm. it's not really there. That's where disappointment and fear of failure comes in. Mm. But I always say, you know what? If you don't take that first step through that door, you're never gonna find out. So you just have to go for it. And I always refer to action as seeing it as you're getting a reward. So for every small step you're taking, you know, whether it's a smaller step, let's face it, let's say you've been holding off sending an email to a potential client because you're so scared. What if they reject your offer? Or what if they never reply to you? You're going to be so disappointed. Even if you just take that small step and send that email to that potential client with your offer, you know, you're going to feel great about it. Or let's take another example. Let's say you have been putting off doing a Facebook Live for so long and you finally decide, right, I'm going to do this. I'm going to show up and do a Facebook Live. After you've done that Live, you go like, oh, this wasn't so bad. You know, mm-hmm. nothing has caved in. Lightning hasn't struck. I'm still alive. And actually, I feel pretty damn good about doing this. And that's called confidence. So the reward that you get for every small step that you're taking forward is Confidence. So I always talk to my clients and think about the confidence think about the reward that you're going to get for every actionable step. And then I challenge my clients. <laughs> and I always say I give you a nice kick up the butt because people say yes I'll do it and they get so excited when you talk to them and then as soon as that call is finished they go like ooh okay I'm a little bit scared and that's where all the excuses start coming back. So I challenge them in order to make sure they commit to it. I say right when are you going to do this? What is your deadline? When do you want to commit yourself to finish this and have this completed? And then they go like, really? You sure? I was like, yep, look at your diary, put it in your diary right now. And then I put it in my diary as well. And they go like, you do that? It's like, yes. So next week, Friday, if you want to have that Facebook live done, I'm going to put it in my diary and I'm going to check up with you next week, Friday to make sure you've done it. And that kind of gives them that sense like, hey, I'm not just being accountable to myself to see it through. I'm now accountable to somebody else as well because I promised I'm gonna do it. It's so much more to be so much better to be accountable towards somebody else than just to be accountable to yourself because it's so easy to break a promise to yourself, right? <laughs> and that's where the action really comes in play.
0: That's true. I mean, that that, that that's me doing Facebook lives. Well, I, was, I started a couple of weeks ago, but I was like, I've got to do this. I've got to do that, and there's always something else to do. And I'm like, I have to do that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, I've got some great tips for Facebook Lives. Trust me.
0: <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, yeah, because I started my group kind of from 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 zero. I mean, it, it's just a small group, but uh, it's yeah. I, I get more and more requests to join. But amazing. It's, it's, how do you start if you have like zero audience? I mean, that, that's a question, right? For for people who start from from scratch, yeah. how do you? make yourself feel comfortable talking to you know i'm coming from the uh, academic background Mm -hmm. and i used to talk in front of 300 people you know (laughs) in audience and i feel really comfortable talking to this you know having this live eye contact and stuff like that i know how to establish rapport Mm -hmm. but how do you do this if you maybe no no one is watching i mean that's a question right
1: okay so when you do facebook lives obviously there's two things to consider uh, the first thing is how consistent are you going to show up? Now, I'm going to show you a silly example here, but um, okay, let me just grab this. Here is just a basic calendar that I've printed up <laughs> with all my Facebook lives on it. So all I do is I just decide that on Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, those are the days that I show up on my Facebook page, on my groups, etc., And I literally go and I plan weeks in advance. I've got about five, six weeks of content there where I show up every Monday, Wednesday and Friday and 1130 UK time. That's when I show up on my Facebook and I put it and I schedule it in advance so people can see it with the scheduling that you do, obviously, on your Facebook page or, or group. And then people can see, oh, so, to, so um, you know today is Thursday. So on Friday, she's going to come up and she's going to talk about this. Oh, great. So 1130, she's going to be there. So people start seeing that you have scheduled and these are the times you're going to show up. Now, here's the other thing. It comes back to commitment and accountability because now that you've scheduled it, now you have to show up. Because it's in the calendar, it's in Facebook, and it's showing everybody in the group or, or people on your page that this is when you're going to show up. And then you've already got your topic. So I've already got five, six weeks topics planned out for every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And I'm committed to it because it's in my calendar. 15 minutes before 11.30, I've got my reminder coming up and saying, you've got a Facebook Live in 15 minutes. And I'm going, oh, quickly put on the makeup, you know, make sure we're all ready. And then we go and we record it and we get it set. Mm. And it's all about scheduling being prepared in advance, because then you don't have to think 15 minutes before you go live. Oh, what what topic do I have to talk about? What am I going to say? What do people want to hear? You're so confident showing up because everything is already backed up. You've got everything planned out for you. So it comes to commitment. Now, here's the thing. If you've got a small group, that's okay. Nobody's going to start checking. You're not going to have any live show ups, but the replays are there. Okay. People don't have to see your Facebook lives just to have that engagement. They can see that it's the replays afterwards. The idea is to be consistent, to to keep on showing up. And that's where people are going to go like, oh, that's her again. Oh, she's there again. Oh, she's there again. I wonder what she's about. I need to go and check out this girl. That's where the engagement starts coming in. And that's where people are going to start realizing that this person has got value to offer. Then after a while, the algorithm would start picking up and saying, okay, you're consistent. You're showing up on a, on a regular basis. And now what they're going to do is they're going to start showing your Facebook live to more people. And Facebook also has a great thing where if somebody goes live and you're following that person, it gives you a little notification saying, Hey, you know, Katarina just went and did a live. You should go and check it out. Here's the link. So what are people going to do? They're going to go, oh, let me go and see what she's talking about. I saw her a couple of times. Let me go and see what she's talking about now. Yeah, And that's how you build that engagement. And it will take time. It It is not going to happen immediately, but it's up to you to be consistent in order to make sure that it will happen.
0: Yeah. I mean, I had this, um, just like you described, I had... Um, um, I did a Facebook live last week I thought or the week before and it was about um, self-acceptance and Mm. it was kind of almost well it was a bit emotional because I talked about several things maybe referring to what was happening in my childhood and stuff like that and one girl she checked it out like a week later and she said oh my god what you were talking about it it just was like amazing it's just like like two weeks later yeah. <laughs> checked it out so so yeah i think it's a great advice from you to be consistent and not be afraid and um I guess just show up. I mean, I'm I'm not that consistent to show up three times a week. <laughs> but one, once a week is, is is a start for me.
1: Well, the, the good it's thing about up. showing up is also is you can download the videos as well. And you and I spoke yeah. about repurposing earlier on. So that video, you can start repurposing. You can put it on a blog, you know, get it transcribed it on a blog put it on Medium. those mm-hmm. kind of things so it is not just about doing a video it's about thinking a bit further and what you can do with that video after you've downloaded it um because it's valuable content that you're sharing so apart yeah. from just using it on facebook there's so many other ways you can repurpose it again yeah.
0: so you sound like a very confident person
1: <laughs> are you afraid of anything do you have any oh yes oh <laughs> <No> yes <one? laughs> i am scared of so many things i am um, one of the things, Hey, we're all human beings. I'm not perfect in any way. I'm scared of failure. And I will say it hand on heart. I'm scared of failure. I'm scared that one day my business will not be the business that I imagined it to be. Um, but then as soon as I have that kind of fear inside of me, I go like, no, 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 no. Why do I have this fear? Why, why do I feel like everything is tightening up inside myself? And then I go back to my affirmations. I meditate every morning. I have my mindfulness moments where I just be calm. And then I start meditating. I go back to that moment where I'm just calm and I look at all the stuff. And I even have a vision video that I made myself where I put a bunch of you know images together and I have my affirmations and I've got an awesome song that goes with it that just gets you energized. So every morning I would watch that video and it's to do with your mindset. So what I'm doing is I am ingraining new passageways in my mind as to where it is that I'm heading. So if I have these moments of fear, I know now, going through a lot of self-development, that those are just things of my ego trying to prevent me to be successful. And as soon as I diminish that ego and say, hey, you're not the boss of me, my dreams and where I'm heading, that's where my focus should be, then that fear just immediately dissipates. And it's not just a fear of failure. I've got so many other fears. I even had at one point. Oh, okay. I'm going to be very honest now. I had at one point where every time I pitched, I hated pitching my my service to a client, and um, and I never got I never got that client to sign up with me. And I was like, What am I doing wrong? What am I doing wrong? And then one day I heard a podcast where somebody saying you're using the law of attraction against you. And I thought, What do you mean? What am I using the law of attraction against me? And it came to the fact that because I was so eager and I needed that money, because let's face it, you know, I've left my full-time job. I don't have that salary. Mm -hmm. All I could use was the money that I'm making, and it was coming through in drips and drabs. And I was so eager to make that money that my energy was showing that. And because I was so eager, my my potential clients could feel that Mm -hmm. without them really knowing it, without me knowing it. And that's what pushed people away. So instead of using the law traction to attract my client to sell authentically, I was using it against me and I was pushing them away. And um, So what I always tell people is the lesson that I learned there is instead of going in and selling, going there to have a conversation, be authentic and say to people from the beginning, Listen, with your permission, can I offer you a package in order to sell my service to you? And if they say, yeah, then say, great. Okay. I'll send the details over to you. If they say no, then that's fine. Which leads you to being tied to the outcome. If people buy from you, or if people want to buy from you, great. People don't want to buy from you. Great. It's up to you as to how you see that. And since I've had that kind of notion where that scared feeling, what if people don't buy? Since I've had gone through that kind of emotion and realized what I was doing wrong, Everything dissipated, and now I'm so relaxed. Where honestly, it is the easiest thing for me to do now is to get a sale because I'm having a conversation, um, to to sell on webinars, to sell on workshops because I'm not tied to the outcome, and that's where I learned really what the law of attraction was and how not to use it.
0: Yeah, I've uh, I've recently watched some webinar um, with some 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 girl who was teaching coaches how to bring high ticket clients and um, she even shared this um, sales letter and so I started reading and, and I thought to myself that's not very ethical because in the sales kind of it's like objections sort of um, you know how to get you know dissipate ab- objections or something like mm-hmm. that it was just a hard sell. It's like almost, oh, you don't have the money. Where can you borrow? Can you put mm-hmm. it on your credit card? And it, it was so hard sell. And and she claims to, uh, to be making a lot of money and millions. Mm-hmm. And she even showed her screenshot of her Barclay bank, you know, bringing like half a million. But I'm thinking, that's not very ethical, right? If you just kind of, go after people and almost like put yourself into so much debt but give me your money
1: <laughs> I guess a lot of it has to do with your authenticity mm-hmm. and with what you're aligned with now I don't push people to make a sale I will talk about the objections that they have but I always feel that people need to make a decision on their own um, and Most nine times out of 10, people will make a decision and say, Yeah, okay, that's great. I I want to work with you because not only is it the fact that I'm doing a cold sale, because I hardly do cold sales. I mean, if I do get a client who signs up for me, who's the first time they hear from me and they buy from me, that is great. That is a bonus. But the majority of the times, I've already gone through those stages of building a relationship with my audience. So people already get to know me. They can either connect with me or they don't. And that's okay. If they connect with me and they feel that, hey, this is somebody that I can really trust. This is somebody who's got the same values as me. That's where the conversation is really a selling conversation, so to speak. Um, It is not so much where you're pitching because let's face it, the word pitch and the word sale does have a negative connotation. Mm. So I refer to conversations, having that conversation and selling through that. And then if people say, yep, great, where do I sign up? I'm like, awesome. If they say, I don't think I'm ready, I'm going awesome you know either way because they might not be ready now but they could be ready later on um so there's there's a difference when it comes to hard selling as to what is aligned with you who you are now i've i've even had people who wanted to sign up with me who said listen i i I can't afford you I, i honestly don't have the money i'm like that's okay Maybe you can go and think of ways you can get that money. I'm not going to tell you, listen, do you have a credit card? Can you make a loan? That is not my decision and it's not my place to stay because that's who I am. But I will say, but hey, that's fine. If you need some time to think about it, I'll give you that time. And I'm sure a lot of people would hear this and go like, nope, I wouldn't do that. But this is who I am, okay? So I'm talking from my personal experience. And then I will say, listen, go and think of ways you could possibly get the money in order to sign up with me because the benefits of you signing up with me is obviously outweighing the financial aspect. And I prove it to them and I show it to them. And then it's up to, uh, still up to them to make that decision. So I don't force it, I give them that option, and then it's up to them as to what they wanna do.
0: Yeah, or the opportunity cost of not doing it. Right? <laughs> exactly, or the opposite of that, absolutely. Yeah, that, yeah. so if you, uh, if you break down this sort of three areas of your business sort of philosophy, mindset, action and strategy. Which of these three are the most important to focus on firsthand Uh, or are they all equally important and you should focus on all three aspects so one comes
1: first, strategy comes first or the mindset comes first? (laughs) Um, I think you know start off with the mindset. But then strategy and action should follow hand in hand immediately there afterwards. Um, if you think about a seesaw um, going up and down, if you think about that um, mindset and strategy is on one side and action is on the other side. I've seen so many people just sitting on mindset and strategy and planning and planning and planning and not taking any action. And that means you're just going to stay on one side. And then I've also seen the opposite where so many people don't go through mindset, don't go through changing and and that self-development and don't even worry about strategy. They just go all in action. So you're tipping completely the opposite and they don't even know what they're doing, but they're taking the action and they'll just say, come what may, I'll handle it. And that's also not right because obviously at that point, you're also just tipping to one side. You need to find a balance and you need to balance that seesaw constantly between taking the action, but also making sure that mindset and strategy is walking hand in hand. So if you're just starting out in business, think about your mindset, you know, get somebody who would help you. But here's the other thing. If you just do mindset and you just do strategies, the actions is going to really open up the doors and lead you to learn those lessons where you go like, right. So that strategy that I tried there, that didn't work for me. So maybe I need to change that. Um, but you wouldn't have known that unless you've taken the action, you've actually tried it out. So very much I would say starting out, think about the mindset, but then immediately follow it with your four strategies and put into action what you learn. And then as you learn, as you take the action, then will everything else fall in place? Because then your strategies will change, they will get better, they will become more consistent, and your mindset will develop at the same time. And the more that happens, the more action you're going to take. So it's always constantly working and building up one after the other. And so equally, I would like to say that all three of them have to walk hand in hand. Yeah, because I mean, sometimes you just think, oh, it's impossible. And then you think, okay I'll, I'll give it a try
0: and then you do something and then you're like oh I can do this <laughs> so you you your mindset even you know your attitude yeah. to start changing uh, at the same time Absolutely. yeah I did that with some cold calling from my yeah when I did my PhD I had to call and ask for like interviews and stuff like that it was terrifying at first mm-hmm. because you know how do you pick up a, a, a phone and just start calling people up but you know, once you've done a couple of times, you kind of start getting confident. Uh, yes, so I guess action is, is also a big
1: part of it. Right? Absolutely. And that's why I said that the reward that you're going to get with every small step you take is that confidence. Like you said, you know, the first couple of calls were so scary, but then after a while you go, oh, this is fine. You know, just another call I've got to do, just another call I've got to do. But if you look back at at that, how many doors has it opened up for you then afterwards? I mean, you you kind of stepped out of your comfort zone there by picking up that phone and making that first call. But then by stepping that one step out of your comfort zone, you got confident. And then you took another step out of your comfort zone and you got more confident. And then people need to realize that nothing is going to happen for you within your comfort zone. Everything that you want, the opportunities, those doors that are going to open up for you, that's literally just one step out of your comfort zone. Um, And I'm sure, you know, from making those calls you had, the, the, the results or even better results than you than you ever would have expected. Yeah, it's actually
0: helped me um, when I started my Amazon business. It actually helped me because I joined um, Birmingham Chamber of Commerce, and mm. I was going to this um, breakfast. You know, they did do all sorts of meetups and stuff like that, and yeah, just kind of standing up and just like you said, pitching or you know, just just talking about who you are. Actually, you know, it, it gave me some more confidence i guess yeah. and and you can use these skills over and over again and just kind of fine-tune them and uh,
1: absolutely
0: yeah no is this great i think it's it's what you're saying is 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 really you know useful for a lot of uh, starting entrepreneurs mm-hmm. as well so if um if someone has um, um has a dilemma right now um whether they should Leave their, um, leave their nine till five job and start the business or maybe they should, because a lot of people are now, you know, they they, they lost their jobs and they're mm-hmm. not quite sure whether they should start the business or maybe should, they should go back to work when they're allowed to go back to work. So what would be your advice to people who, in this situation where they kind of can't decide whether they should continue with a full-time employment or they should maybe give, a, give entrepreneurship a try?
1: Okay, Um, I would suggest the first thing is, is don't just quit your job and start your business immediately, okay? Because here's what's gonna happen, and I've seen this so many more times. You are gonna lose an income, which means that you are literally cutting off everything that is keeping you going. You are cutting off that financial kind of uh, security that is helping you pay your mortgage, helping you put food on the table, helping you pay for your expenses. And that financial security could even help, you know, build your business because that money that you're getting from your your day job, you are going to be able to use some of that and buy resources. You're going to be able to use that to buy some of the programs, systems that you need to buy and and, and invest in a coach and a mentor. And that is so important. Um, So my suggestion is, is if you do have a full-time job and you want to start something on the side, it isn't going to be easy, but don't quit your full-time job. And I've had women come to me. It's like, I'm I'm working in an environment that I just cannot stand going in in the morning. It is toxic. And I honestly don't, I want to cry every day I go into work. And then I say, okay, think about it this way. How long have you been at that company already? Say, for instance, you've been there for two years. I do understand. But if you quit your job now, you're literally cutting off your financial security. And my suggestion is, is start your work, start your business running on the site. Nobody needs to know about that. This is you. This is you working on your future. Start working on it on the side. Take the time to develop, take the time to get a coach, get a mentor. And, and the salary that you're making, you know, can help you financially, obviously support that and, and pay for those kind of expenses. Because once you've really then started building your business, which is exactly what I did, once you start building your business, you see the money coming in, You go, okay, this is, this is it now. Now I'm getting to a point where I've got money coming in and I'm feeling that I can be a little bit more secure financially to go and quit my job. But here's the other aspect from an emotional and an intellectual level. Now you're going to feel a little bit better going into work every day because you know, this is not your future anymore. You're working. Nobody needs to know. This is, this is your secret for yourself. You're secretly working on building your future along the side. So now when you go into work and something happens and you got that horrible email and you go like, okay, this is, this is not where I'm going to be forever. I've got my plan. I know where I'm heading to. And you know what? Life at work's become actually so much easier and sometimes even a bit more enjoyable because you can secretly laugh about the things yeah. happening where other people go crazy and other people get upset and you go like, this is fine. It's just another day. I've got a bigger picture to where I'm working towards. So my suggestion is don't quit your job immediately. You need that financial security in order to support yourself. And also, on the other aspect, and I've seen this, and this has happened to me, when I quit my job, I had no income. The first thing that happened with me, my self-confidence dropped because I ran out of money fairly quickly, where I had to go and say to my husband, I'm out of money. And I cried. My husband said, don't worry, I'll look after you. But my confidence hit rock bottom because I was always a girl who could look after myself financially. I never had to ask anybody for money. But then when I quit my job and I went full-time into my business, I didn't look at that part. And it was so hard when my confidence hit rock bottom and I had to build it up again. Um, so that is my advice to you. Now, let's look at the other aspect of that because you mentioned this as well, Katarina. With what's going on, you might've lost your job. So again, the first thing that has happened is your confidence, again, is rock bottom. You feel like, well, why did this happen to me? Didn't I work hard enough? Why, why did they let me go? I was, I was there every day. I was on time every day. I worked my butt off for this place. And you're feeling like they didn't value you. Mm-hmm. Now, I want you to think about it in another way. See it as an opportunity that was given to you to go and start fresh, to go and start your own business. And you can so easily do this yourself. Um, you know, there there are so many ways to go and reach out to people who's already done this. I mean, look at Katarina. Look at what she's doing now. She's incredible at what she does. She can give you so many tips as to how to start a business. There are so many other coaches and mentors out there about how you can start a business. And yes, this is not get-rich-quick schemes and those kind of things. It is things that are going to take time. But as soon as you start thinking, listen... I've got to see this as an opportunity in order to do something amazing with my life now, rather than to sit on the sofa and think, why me, why me? That's where you're gonna roll and that's where you're gonna make a success.
0: Yeah. I I agree with you completely. I, I actually what you've just described happened to me maybe a couple of years ago. And mm-hmm. um I actually treat it as it uh, like they, they um, they, they've shut down the department uh, I used to work uh, for, for for a university and they shut down the department and actually a lot of people uh, kind of they became so anxious and they were stressed and I kind of thought well maybe you just give me a favor because I now can sit down and plan mm-hmm. and you know, it's like one one door shuts, another door opens, and stuff like that. And you you can plan for for future. So yeah, yeah. maybe they're just giving you a favor by by getting of you. I mean, it's just a yeah.
1: different, looking. I, it's it. yeah, it's 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 entirely about how you look at the situation. Now, I promise you, those people who are going to sit and sulk about what has happened to them, they are the ones who's going to go out there feeling very sorry for themselves their self confidence is rock bottom and they're just going to go and crawl in to find any job available which is the lowest paying job and it is going to be a job that you absolutely hate but hey you've got a job mm. and and unfortunately that's what's happening and people are really not enjoying life because they're just grabbing any job that comes their way rather than looking at it from another perspective and say hey maybe me losing my job is 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 a blessing in disguise because mm. now I can finally go and do what I've always wanted to do. And this is where you start asking yourself those questions. And go, Okay, so what is it that I always wanted to do? Ah, now I need to think about it. Now I need to plan. What do I enjoy doing in life? You know, where can I make a difference? What are my skills? What are my strengths? And that you can use to create your own business. You yeah. don't have to have a shop, a brick and mortar business in order to have a business. You can create your skills create a business from your skills and your strengths yeah. just like I did i became a strategic business coach and i didn't develop products and and start trying to sell them on the road or in markets and things I'm using my skills as services in order to help other people and and you know that for me is the biggest blessing in the disguise because I know I can help people and i've had people who came back to me like thank you so much. I am so glad that I clicked on that video that you had, or I'm so glad that I managed to see that email and click on the link and just got in contact with you. That's what fires me up. And you can do exactly the same.
0: Yeah. So looking back at the time where you started your coaching business, are there any mistakes that could have been avoided?
1: <sighs> you just started? Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, Yeah. Um, The biggest mistake I made was when I just started, everybody was talking about building online courses. And I was like, that's it. I'm going to do an online course. And I was full hearted into building my online course. And eight months down the line, I was still building my online course. Um, Biggest mistake I've made. (laughs) And also when the online course was finished, finally, after eight months, um, I went out there and I was like, saying to people, oh, I've got an online course, go and check it out, you know, try and buy it, you know, market it. And nobody bought. And I was crying my eyes out. And that's where I quickly learned that the first mistake I made was I wasn't building an email list, I wasn't building an audience, a community of people who really want to know what I've got to offer. And the second thing I fairly realized fairly quickly was I had no idea what I was doing marketing wise. So I invested in somebody who helped me with my marketing and I immediately started building an email list. And now my email list is to full capacity where I've got great engagement with my email list. Um, not everybody on an email list will always engage with you, but it's like the same. Your glass is either half full or half empty. It's how you look at it. Um, and yeah, and now I make my sales, you know, 80% of the time through my email list. Um, and if I didn't go through those stages of realizing that I had no clue what I was doing marketing-wise and went and invest in a mentor or a coach and, and some online courses to, to improve my marketing, and then secondly, immediately what I did is I started building an email list. And those are the two things that I would highly suggest anybody who wants to start an online business, that's the first two things you need to invest in.
0: Yeah. I mean, you you, you are saying that um, it was kind of, yeah, no one wanted your course because, I guess we can ask people as much as we want whether they want to buy something from us and they may say yes because they don't want to hurt us. But then the the true <laughs> the true test whether your product will actually work and be sold is actually to put an offer in front of people right yeah and absolutely
1: yeah but but that's also the other thing because here i was just talking to people on facebook like i said i had no clue what i was doing marketing wise i was just putting it out there on facebook i was paying so much for facebook ads trying to do webinars and trying to sell my course and 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 that was all called selling okay if you think about it because that was a cold audience they had no clue who i was all of a sudden here i am talking to them about things and they go like yeah, but who are you? Um, y- you had no relationship with them. And it's only through building a relationship, like I said earlier on, that you can start really selling because people then go through that no like and fr- uh, no like and um, trust factor mm-hmm. where they feel like, hey, I, I-, I believe Katerina. I've seen her show up a couple of times. I know what she's talking about. And, you know, if, if-, if she can prove to me with the benefits that she can help me, Oh my gosh! By all means, I I'm in. Where do I sign up? Um, and and you kind of make up people's mind. It's not by um, it's not by persuading people. You're just showing people the options, and they making up their mind for themselves. But they will not buy from you unless they know you. It's like if I go and stand on the corner of a road with a box, and people pass me, and I say, Hey, do you want to want to buy what's inside the box? And they go like what's inside the box? It's like, I don't know. you got to find out, but you got to pay me 50 pounds. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I go like, well, I don't know you. I don't know what's inside the box. How come I need to give you money for whatever is inside <laughs> the box? That's kind of the same thing. But mm-hmm. if I know Katerina, if I, if I come to you now, Katerina, with a box and it's like, hey, look at what's inside the box. You know, you get all these benefits and I start unwrapping the box and I start showing you what's in the box and all the benefits you can get. And I say, 50 quid. What do you say? Katerina was like, well, yeah, I trust you. You know, we've, we've known each other, we've had the conversations already and, and I like what's in the box. So yeah, here's 50 quid. Thank you very much for my box. Um, And that's the difference. So when it comes to starting a business, you have to build that email list and you have to communicate with those people on your email list in order to build that relationship. And then once you're ready to sell your services and your products, that's where people will start engaging with you and they want to know more. Some people will buy immediately and some people will not, and that's okay they might be at a later point because they some some people take a little bit longer to build that relationship and that connection with you and that's absolutely fine you've got to be okay with that as well
0: no that that's a good strategy actually yesterday i i don't know i was reading some book and um something just came into my mind thinking i wonder because because obviously i use private level manufacturers to, to to sell my product on amazon in the us and i thought Is there's a um, a website for like private label uh, online courses Mm -hmm. and guess what, there is one. (laughs) (laughs) You can buy and already put together a course, pay $500 license and yes, you can tweak it and and change Mm -hmm. it slightly but I guess in the last couple of months with people staying at home, this whole market of online courses just exploded Mm -hmm. and there are so many offers. So and there are so many coaches as well. How do you stand out from, from from the crowd? How do you
1: win your competition? That's such a great question. I love that. Um, I, didn't, I didn't talk about competition. Um, I didn't use the word competition because I think it's a little bit overrated. I talk about collaborations. And there's a beautiful saying that I always use now because I heard it one day. It's A rising tide lifts all boats. And this is where collaborations are so amazing because if you talk about competition, immediately you've got a negative connotation and you've got negative energy pushing and negative energy within your body as well because, you know, let's face it, you just don't feel good about it. Um, So when I get a client coming to me and it's like, listen, I want to be a photographer and I love taking photos. I want to be a professional photographer, but there are so many photographers out there. How do I stand out from the crowd? It's like simple answer, just be you. You see every business, whether there's a whole bunch of other photographers, whether there's a whole bunch of other strategic business coaches, every business is unique because you as an individual is unique. You're as unique as your DNA, which means you as the business owner have a unique business. Yes, it is a photography business, as an example. Yes, you take photos. Yes, you take portrait photos or baby photos. But you are unique because let's face it, people don't connect with brands. People connect with people. So if you want to attract clients, if you want to attract your customers, it's about who you are. Let's take an example. If you think about Coca-Cola, it's a brand, okay? Immediately when I say Coca-Cola, you've got an image of a bottle of Coke in front of you. But you don't know who the owner is of Coca-Cola, do you? You don't have that connection or that relationship with those people. Think about Chanel. We don't know who owns Chanel. We know Coco Chanel started Chanel. But before Chanel started becoming a brand, it was Coco Chanel. She was the individual. She was the person behind that brand. And people connected with her, with her story, with what she's done, how she's developed that business. And that's the same for you, Katarina, as an example. So say there's so many people doing, doing what you're doing out there, but at the end of the day, you're unique. The way you talk, the way you describe things, the way you explain things, the way you do things in your business is entirely unique to how the next person next door to you is doing it. And that's what attracts people. So when people say that there's so much competition out there, it's like, that's fine, that's okay because it all comes down to who you are, you attracting your clients, you attracting your people that you want to work with. If those people have got the same values, and they aligned with who you are, they -hmm. will become your clients or your customers. Then there's some other clients and people that go like, oh, you know, I really want to work with her, but I really enjoy this other person, I really connect with this other person. So I'll go and work with that other person. And that's okay because not everybody is made for everybody not everybody's got the same values as everybody yeah so competition is really overrated and if you think about competition you are limiting yourself and you're not thinking about the abundance there's enough for everyone and this is where collaboration's comes in if you do have a competitor if you let's take the photographer okay If there's a photographer and she's starting her business and she's got this other photographer, she might even say, Listen, I want to collaborate with you. I want to learn some of the things that you're doing. Rather than us being competitors, I'm not here to steal clients or those kind of things, you know, none of that conversations. I want to learn from you. Maybe can I can I help you out one day to see how you're doing things? So I want to learn so I can, you know, use that in my business one day. And that's where collaborations are absolutely powerful and I've seen this time and time again I just so many collaborations with so many female entrepreneurs and you know what the energy and the excitement and the willingness to work together to have the same outcome it far outweighs any competition that you would ever have and the possibilities there and the doors that opening up is endless.
0: I think it's a brilliant advice (laughs) (laughs) so any final word for because obviously this this podcast is uh, specifically uh, focused on female entrepreneurs.
1: Mm.
0: Any particular advice for female entrepreneurs?
1: Oh, you know what, when you start a business, you need to have fun. You need to enjoy it. If you are not enjoying it, then you need to go and figure out why. Is it because it's something that you're doing? You're running a business that you're not aligned with? Or is it because you maybe not don't have the right strategies and you're just slaving away hour after hour feeling like, you know, gosh, you should have just kept in your corporate job. And <laughs> um, you need to be absolutely in love with what you do. And that's why I said, when I started realizing that strategic business coaching was the thing for me, everything in my gut pointed the right way. My energy became so vibrant. I love waking up in the morning going, what's happening on my calendar today? What, what who, who am I going to meet today? What are the calls that I've got signed up? And I love planning things where I'm completely, I'm a little bit of a control freak. Okay. I will say that I love planning things where I'm in control. I'm going, you know what? I've got this amazing workshop set up. I am so creative and I love just being in there and creating the content and showing up and being so passionate and energetic about what I do because that's, what I want to do for the rest of my life so honestly one last bit of advice if you go into business make sure that you enjoy what you do
0: thank you so much it was absolutely fantastic
1: (laughs) thank you thank you thank you so much for coming to the show oh thank you so much
0: thank you for listening to this episode of Mental Wealth Entrepreneurs Podcast I hope you enjoyed this show please send me any comments or feedback if you're an entrepreneur and want to share your story, please contact me. The link is in the podcast show notes. Also, please see the social media links and uh, links to offers from my guests on the podcast notes. This podcast is sponsored by Smart Octopus Voice Agency, who create chatbots and voice skills on Amazon Alexa and Google Assistant. So, I'm really excited. Uh, to tell you that this podcast is now available as an Alexa skill uh, so you can search for resilient entrepreneur uh, skill and enable it as a flash briefing so that's all for me um, I wish I wish you good mental health and you are just one mind hack away till next time